Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Hey y'all, welcome to the High School Black Forum. It's January 10th, y'all, 2015. Well, the new year is off and running, y'all. It is off and running. Got uh, the bombers in Paris still uh, in the news. That thing is crazy over there, y'all. Still new to Paris either, or to France, I should say. They uh, they've been having uh, flare-ups with uh, with uh, terrorism for quite a while. I mean, go back back in the nineties. I think even the group of folks that. Uh, was involved in this latest incident, had ties to uh, some of the people that were uh, involved in terrorist acts back in the 90s. They've got a, a, a long history predating 9-11 here in this country. And uh, I don't know what this thing is going to, uh, where it's leading, you know. I, I don't see anything... Uh, I don't see anything good coming out of it. I mean, the attackers in this case claim to be uh, somehow protecting or defending their prophet Muhammad. I, you know that. I, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why a prophet need protecting. This guy's all power, all. Omnipotent, you think? I mean, I swear to you, my God, I mean, he's all everything. Certainly, certainly don't need my protection. Not, not my, my God, no. Now, I don't know about anybody else's. I mean, they seem like many of these guys uh, claim that they are protecting the Prophet Muhammad. I, I don't know how you need protecting. I mean, this guy's everything. In Islam, at least that's my understanding, if he's everything, how how you in the human flesh could possibly be in some kind of position to protect him? Now, I don't know that. I don't understand that. It's like in this world I don't understand, y'all. Hey, it's me, the Hushmo, just uh, coming to you live and in living color, y'all, from the ATL, coming to you from Overblog Talk Radio every Saturday from 7 to 9. From seven and nine, we advocate it, y'all. We ain't got nothing to do with what's going on over on over there in Paris. <laughs> Although one of the, one of the uh, one of the person involved in this thing uh, was of African descent, which indirectly, I mean, it brings them into uh, my my uh, 
my uh, African diaspora, if you will, that I advocate for. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, the politics of it, the religion of it, I'm going to leave that alone, you know. I'm like Malcolm X on religion and all that stuff. So we start coming out here on the Hudson Black Forums talking about religion. <laughs> we ain't going to ever uh, come together on nothing, you know. So we, we, we try to leave religion off out of it as far as that goes. Now, me, I'm a, a God-fearing child of an almighty God. That's who I am. That's my religious dogma. That's the extent of it. A God-fearing child of an almighty God. That's my dogma. Now, I don't mess with anybody else's religion. That's all that's between them and their God. It's as simple as that with me. I mean, it's between them and their God. I try to stay out of their way and uh, just deal with me and my uh, relationship to my God, the God of my understanding. I just deal with with him on a one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And I want to thank him for his grace and mercy to allow me to be here this evening with you all out on Blog Talk. <laughs> hey, that's no, <laughs> hey, that's no, ain't no preacher, teacher, or prophet, y'all. We just, uh, <laughs> just tell it like we believe it is. Like I believe it is. Welcome to the show, though. Nonetheless, we've got a great show for you this evening. We all over the place. I mean, last week we uh, celebrated the new year. We don't. The new Congress to uh, convene. They've been duly sworn in now. The 114th Congress of these United States was sworn in this week. Uh, we left politics alone last week. We. <laughs> uh, that uh, won't be the case going forward. I mean, already they've uh, are working on three bills up there in the Congress that the president has threatened to veto. They're working on three bills that the president has threatened to veto right off, out the gate here. So, you know how much how much time is it going to take? Them voting on the these three pieces of legislature, they got to vote on it, get it through both bodies of Congress, the House and the Senate, then send it over to the president, veto it. Come back to the Senate and House to try to get some kind of override. That don't happen. How, how long is that going to take? That That's going to push us where? Into a March, maybe? Wow. So you're talking about the first, the first agenda of this new Congress, the 114th Congress, is to put forward, is to put forward Bills that the president has threatened to veto, <clears throat> uh, literally 
guaranteeing that the first third almost of uh, the year is going to be uh, tied up in the uh, in, uh, in, uh, knots here. The first third of the year, January, February, and March, pretty well, is going to be gone with these three pieces of uh, legislature. As far as I can tell, I, you know, I don't know how this thing is going to play out, how what kind of track it's going to be on, and how long it's going to take. But but surely, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. By the time they pass, pass it through both houses, they've got to work up, put in amendments, whatever. It's going to take the better part of three months. <clears throat> Throws the president veto all three of those things. And all likelihood, they're not going to be able to override his veto. So, so what? So, so, so where to from there? They're not going to be able to override that president's veto. They don't have a two-thirds majority of neither the Senate or the House. So, they're not going to be able to override the veto. So, what is going to be the next step? Republicans is all hell bent on this Keystone pipeline thing, or was two dollars a gallon under in the forties uh, per barrel on the world market. We, you know, the whole argument about uh, <laughs> this thing creating more oil for us, or some kind of making us more energy efficient, that argument's. That argument is a weak one at this point. Uh, first place, the, this Canadian oil that's going out to our Gulf to be <clears throat> refined and sent out to uh, the world markets, not even staying in the country. Uh, this dirty oil coming all the way through our country from Canada is going <laughs> somewhere else. There's a very little benefit. I mean, some jobs uh, building the pipeline, those jobs disappear once that thing is built. Those jobs disappear. Now you have a few on the end. But that's not, I mean, we're creating the economy, creating jobs like crazy. But if jobs are the Republicans' concern, why not do this? Go to the president. So with all, Mr. President, you've got a, a infrastructure bill that you won't pass. You want to do something about this crumbling infrastructure. The bridges are falling down, the sewer systems uh, eroding, the roads need repairing, uh, the infrastructure, the whole infrastructure just needs serious work. The president want to do that. Why don't we get together here and uh, we want to do this uh, uh, key, keystone thing so bad that we think it's going to create all these jobs and benefit this and that? This is the Republicans talking now. Why don't uh, uh, them and the White House get together and compromise? President go to them and say, well, yeah, y'all want this keystone thing here. Yeah, I ain't going to be to it if you do this. Now, we, I want this job program over here uh, uh, to create uh, a quarter of a million jobs to your uh, 20 uh, with the keystone. Why don't we just do both of them? Let's really blow the economy up and do something good for the people. Now, we're going to pass the, uh, the uh, infrastructure bill if you – I won't veto this uh, Keystone thing if you uh, 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 
pass this uh, infrastructure bill here. That thing's going to create uh, 10 times more jobs than that, that Keystone thing. Why? What, what's, what's your problem with that? Why? What is your argument against that? If I'm the president, I'm going to make a deal like that. I, you know, I'm going to make a deal like that. That is the right thing to do if the Republicans was up was about governing and moving the country forward. If they were about that, that would be a, a logical uh, a solution to this uh, logjam that we've uh, that we're entering into at the beginning of this new Congress. That would be uh, the logical solution to it. One of them. Facebook friends, how y'all doing? Hey, we got a call in. 1-888-588-3814. We don't take many calls on the High School platform. Our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Yeah? We, we don't like to get loud. We like to uh, keep everything on an even keel. Sometimes we sometimes we have to uh crank up the volume to uh to uh get our two cents worth in. And here lately we've been uh finding this necessary. Along with the bombing in Paris, yeah, which was a horrific uh act of violence. That was a bombing here in this country. Colorado Springs, y'all. Somebody set a bomb outside of uh, the NAACP office out there. I think they caused much damage because the thing this mis uh, it didn't uh, it uh, didn't go off as planned. But there was a bombing out here uh, in Colorado Springs, y'all. Right here in this country. Didn't get much Play didn't get much play. Directed at a civil rights organization, much like uh, the terrorism, the domestic terrorism that uh, went on here in this country uh, in the fifties and sixties. Uh, much like the domestic terrorism that went on here in the fifties and sixties in this country, where. A segment of our society was terrorized by a small segment of our country. We uh, have to make sure that that bombing in Colorado Springs get reported on and investigated to uh, the fullest extent uh, that the law can uh, investigate it. That's domestic terrorism. That's just every bit as serious as any kind of terrorism, whether it's radical Islam or whatever you want to call it, uh, in the world. This domestic terrorism right here in these United States is every bit as serious and deserves every bit the attention that we give uh, to terrorist uh, uh, attacks anywhere in the world, y'all. It deserves the same amount of attention 
Absolutely. Go to my website, y'allhushmoblack.com. Buy my new book, Racism and Hate in America Reality. It chronicles uh, through uh, a, a collection of documents, essays, historical events. Some of the domestic terrorism that has gone on here in this country for 150 years since the Civil War, yeah. Yeah, it documents uh, a lot of the domestic terrorism that has occurred here uh, in this country. Uh, we have to uh, we have to bring it up. We have to uh, uh, see it light on it uh, because it's so important today to uh, remind people to remind the nation that uh, radical Islam is not the only terrorism that we are uh, are confronted with uh, today here in this country. It's not the only terrorism that uh, we're confronted with. Uh-uh. Hey, y'all, it's about 17 after an hour, 7 o'clock. It's kind of chilly here in Atlanta. I think it was 23 degrees this morning. I mean, we, we've had a cold front come through here the last couple of three days. I mean, we've been uh, much like the rest of the country under this under this uh, cold uh, front that's coming down from uh, Alex said the North Pole. <clears throat> but it's all the way down to uh made its way down to the ATL here. Uh we covering up. We ain't used to all this stuff, yeah. They they had a wind chill of some forty degrees uh, below zero up in Chicago, up that way this week. Now that's cool. <laughs> hey uh <laughs> a wind chill of forty degrees below zero. Y'all remember that song about the uh, uh I think it was Lou Rose that uh, sung it, talking about that wind in Chicago feeling like a giant razor blade. (laughs) I I can appreciate uh, what he was talking about. Uh, uh, We started looking at some uh, wind chill of 40 uh, below. Uh, That's serious weather, y'all. That's serious, serious weather there. I believe they closed school. Close the public schools down in Chicago. They rarely do that for weather. I mean, that's how uh, how uh, serious it was. But I mean, around here, we get down to ten degrees. <laughs> that's that's go for for the ATL, yeah. That's when I finally got into uh, the eye doctor last. Last week, uh, got some new glasses coming. I, you know, that's after that. I, I, I guess this is about the first the first eye exam that I've had in the last five five to six years. I guess. I mean, it's just uh, surprising. 
surprising enough, it's not. My site had deteriorated uh, to the point where I needed a new prescription, but that there was no damage uh, to my eyes uh, that uh, the doctor could see. And said that my eyes was in fairly decent shape. You know, I had this thing called uveitis uh, some years ago. And I think in really uveitis can really do damage to your eyes. Uh, I, that thing lasted. I, I mean, I fought, fought it for about two, I don't know, I guess two uh, years or more. Putting all kind of steroids in my eyes and stuff like that. That thing went on for two years. Finally, I went to the specialist and uh, they, uh, he cleaned it up. That's been six, seven years ago. And I really haven't had a new prescription since then. But now, I uh, can't see a lick <laughs> at night. I can't see a lick, y'all. Uh, uh, it ain't that bad. But, yeah, we got to be careful at night uh, trying to drive. So we <laughs> we uh, cut that thing down at night, y'all, <laughs> speed-wise. We, but, yeah, we got us some new glasses coming. That uh, should uh, should help it help us out a lot. As long as we can see how to get out there and hit that golf ball. Hey, you know, the husband's on the road too on the golf course, huh? Oh yeah, we the husband's been swinging that club pretty good for a hacker now. Oh yeah, we, 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 we ain't talking about no type of woods here. We talking about a hacker. We <laughs> we we got a few guys. Uh, Few new tours for uh, Christmas too. We want to get out there on the golf course, but we the weather been uh, has not been cooperating. We haven't uh, have been able to get out there since uh, Christmas. I'm anxious uh, to get back out there to try my new uh, tours out. Gotta say, uh, we ain't gonna get no secrets away. We gonna tell you what we got. Some old golfing buddies might be listening, <laughs> trying to pick up. Gonna pick up on what the husband got for him. Right, we 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 letting out no uh, no inside information on the husband back for him tonight. <laughs> we gonna make him see. We gonna uh, we gonna show him. We gonna we gonna tell him nothing. We gonna show him because these guys I play with, you can't tell them nothing anyway. You can't <laughs> you can't tell them nothing anyway. You gotta show them. So. Uh, we normally get out there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but like I said, the weather. I supposed to start school too Monday, y'all. Oh yeah, we start school Monday. <laughs> uh, for the first time in forty some years, y'all. We I suppose going back to school. We we need some new skills, y'all. You don't you don't get too old for who? Me? <laughs> hey, I might be going to I'll be seventy on my birthday, but you don't you don't uh you don't uh you don't ever get too old for new skills, y'all. You gotta keep that man working. I suppose going back to school. We're gonna uh <laughs> take us some uh, uh African American studies, y'all. Uh gonna take a little Espanol. Uh looking forward to going to Havana as soon as we can uh, hook it up. We're gonna go to Havana, y'all. Oh yeah. <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as we can uh get a legal trip down there. Pick up a few Cuban cigars. Hey, I ain't got no problem uh, uh, with the president opening up relations with Cuba. Should have been done. 
long, long time ago. Yeah, in my mind, it should have been done a long, long time ago. So we're looking forward to uh, the time when uh, when uh, ordinary Americans can travel uh, 90 miles south to uh, uh, its neighbors. And visit uh, its uh, neighbors 90 miles uh, to the south of us. Uh, it's a beautiful island. Cuba is a beautiful island. And uh, we're just so looking forward to it. Uh, uh, but we'll be going back to school. That's one of the reasons we're going to be taking a little less manual there to try to. Improve our uh, communication skills, and I, I think I, I uh, urge all kids and parents uh, with uh, school uh, kids to uh, urge them into a second language, taking a second language as early as they possibly can. I mean, I'm talking about first grade on. Get your kids into a second language: Spanish, French. Spanish would be a great choice, as we have all of. Uh, uh, the Latinos coming into the country. It would be a great, great second language. I urge everybody, all young kids, to take, make it their priority to pick up a second language. I think it's going to be vital for your future. It's going to be vital for your, uh, for you competing in the, in the marketplace for jobs going forward. The 21st century, uh, a dual language is going to be vital to you. You parents out there listening in, take heed to what the husband is saying. A second language for your kids is paramount. It is paramount. It's, it's critical. Uh, one of the, uh, yeah. We, uh, Coming up on uh, 7.30 here, y'all. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls. We'll be right back and uh, continue on into uh, the High School Black Forum for this evening. Uh, y'all know what we do out here. We advocate for social justice on behalf of America. Back when said, not because we don't love everybody. We do love everybody. We'll let you know that. But by extension, we uh, find ourselves uh, advocating for our community, my community. The Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get. Yeah. We need all the advocacy we can get. Uh, we started out this year, 2015, with a real, with a lot of optimism. Yeah. Hey, got a new. Well, we'll get into it when we come back. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls, y'all. Y'all hang in there. You got me the hush Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace. 
really nothing wrong with that.
Welcome back to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me Hushmo uh, conducting this uh, train this evening, as always. And, and if you uh, didn't already know, getting back to uh, the bombing, well, the attacks in Paris. The right wing is already blaming those attacks over there on the President of the United States, uh, President Obama, somehow, is the cause of it. Now, here, Paris has been getting attacked by radical Islam, or whatever you call it. Since back in the 90s. Since back in the 90s, y'all. And yet and still, according to Lindsey Graham, among others, that somehow this can be laid at the hands of the president. Much like the shootings up there in New York, the two policemen that got killed, we're going to lay that at the hands of the president. You know, if If this wasn't so, uh, these attacks on the president wasn't so, uh, <laughs> so uh, obviously biased and crazy, uh, you know, it would. Uh, I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. I, you know, I. My book, Racism and Hate, uh, kind of <laughs> shed light on it, y'all. believe it or not. My book, Racism and Hate, an American Reality, shed light on what's going on here in the country today, believe it or not. Now, you know, everybody ain't racist, y'all. <laughs> everybody ain't racist. I, you know, I'll be the first to uh, let you know that. But there's enough. There's enough of that old uh, good old American racism that still exists in the country today. Uh, up from the 85% of Americans of European descent who had a racial bias uh, in the 1940s, according to Dr. Connor Murdoch. Who did a uh, in-depth study on the uh, subject back in 1944? He released it over a six-year period uh, that uh, he had uh, looked into it. <clears throat> he can uh, conclude the fact then that 85% of white America had a racial bias against the America's black race. This is back in the 40s. Now, obviously, that number has went down. But suppose it's, suppose it's 20. That is a humongous number. Are you talking about 60 to 80 million Americans who don't like this president just because of uh, his color? Now, that spreads across the society, uh, right across the political spectrum. That is 
part of the problem, the part of the attitude that uh, uh, the Republicans uh, are expressing uh, toward this president of Africa City. Part of the problem is that 30% whole racial bias against them. And this togging up their entire political system. Yeah, it's clogging up the entire political system, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you, you think the next white Democrat that run for president is going to have all this? <laughs> and they're, they're not going to change the president's policy. They can't. There's nowhere for a Democrat to go and be a Democrat. So they're not going to change any any policies that president's got on the table. That's crazy. That's crazy. Whether it be Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or whoever the Democratic nominee is, they're not going to change the political policies of this president. And they're going to go and they're going to get rid of all of uh, the racism that this president's experiencing. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's just the fact, y'all. We gotta wait. We gotta see. Twenty sixteen is right around the cor- corner, so you just mark my words. Uh, all of the racism is going to disappear. All of the racism is going to disappear. Now, yeah, they'll attack the Democrats, but it won't be from a racial uh, standpoint. No, no, that's going to disappear. Yeah. It's going to expose this country to what uh, to uh, some of us dirty laundry. Well, it's already been exposed. Yeah, it's already been exposed. So, but it's going to uh, reinforce uh, what we already know. The problem is with the president. It ain't so much his policies. Uh, it's not so much his policy. Not so much as promising. The economy is, is taking off like gangbusters. Uh, if the Congress would uh, <laughs> put aside its uh, biases, if the Congress of this country would put aside its biases, uh, we could really. Uh, do some great things. <clears throat> we can really do some great things in the country for the country. Uh, hopefully they will. Hopefully they will. I mean, this is a crazy world, a dangerous world. You can't afford to. Uh, uh, you can't afford to be uh, uh, all citizen has to be uh, treated equally in this country. Uh, I got a magazine here, Essence New Magazine, just came out. Special Editor's Edition, it says. Black Lives Matter is the title. 
Black Lives Matter. It's uh, entitled. Yeah, we. The country has to come to grips with it, and they contend that uh, now is the time for a conversation about race. And I and this way, I over overdo. That's what my book is about: racism. Hey, it's about race, separate equal, the laws that injured millions of Americans. I mean, what part of the conversation do you want to just want to talk about? What? Uh, we got to talk about every every um, every facet of uh, of uh, the society. I mean, we can't just uh, narrow it down to uh, uh, what's my beef today, or you know, this. Uh, uh, the thing is too deep. It's too, it's too deep, you know, because if you start looking at economic inequality, we're going to start there. That's where I start, the economic inequality. we got to start there. Why is it? Why is it that my economics is so different than this other group over here? Why is a family of four of Americans of African descent worth one Twentieth, that of a family of four of Americans of European descent. Why is that? Something is something is seriously wrong with that. So that that that's where I start with this conversation. I don't know how black for the economic uh, uh, inequality, the disparity between uh, the various groups that make up our society. Me being a part of the Americans African descent society, I I contend that the reason that uh, economic gap is so wide it goes back to uh, the end of the Civil War when the Civil War ended and the enactment of the 13th, 14th and the 15th Amendment emancipating my my people, my uh, forefathers, right here in Georgia, <coughs> argument from uh, my family here in Georgia, when they were uh, emancipated or set free, or uh, in 1865, the separate equal laws, the uh, the 14th Amendment rights was taken away no sooner. And it was uh, enacted into a law, starting with the Southern Homestead Act, starting with that one piece of legislation. Oh, we got to digest that thing. That's where I'm starting uh, my argument from, uh, where we start talking about this race issue. Yeah. When we start talking about the race and why is it that uh, we're uh, uh, this conundrum conundrum uh, that we're in today with the race and how uh, 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 we still find ourselves talking about it and uh, uh, perplexed about it. Uh, race. 
This is because the large society refused to allow the American Americans to assimilate into the society after the Civil War. They refused to allow them to assimilate into a white society on an equal basis. Yeah, they did. That was had to do with racism now. I'm sorry. It had to do with racism. Now, a lot of it had to do with uh, uh, labor, cheap labor, slave labor. and uh, But a lot of it had to do with racism, uh, that thing. Not warning or afraid of somehow blacks was going to... Uh, uh, Mingle uh, with uh, white uh, people. We we didn't want that. My family didn't want that. Had they allowed for the Southern Homestead Act to uh, play out and really allow the five million, or in my case in Georgia here, the five hundred thousand ex-slaves to acquire that land. We wouldn't be talking about the separate equal, or we wouldn't be talking about the economic inequality today. I really believe that. I really believe that. If we, if the country had to do the right thing back there in 1866 uh, when they enacted that land, said this, enacted that uh, uh, Southern Homestead uh, Act setting aside some 46 million acres of uh, land, federal land, by the way. This is not ex-slave owners' land that had been run off their land and some other craziness. This is all federal, federal government land. Or, you know, yeah. I don't know where they got it from. They had to go wherever, but <laughs> that's, a, that's another story, y'all. But uh, it was all federal land that uh, had been set aside, was set aside in that act, primarily for, primarily for the ex-slaves so that they would have a vehicle to prop them up in uh, the free society, a vehicle to prop them up in the free society. I mean, you're talking about uh, people who had provided some 300 years of free slave labor. <laughs> uh, 300 years of slave labor, y'all. Uh, the very least you think they uh, could have allowed them to uh, the government could have allowed them uh, access to uh, 46 uh, million acres of property. They didn't do that. Racism played a part in that. Zeppelin equal laws played a part in that. Uh, forbidding uh, them from acquiring that land. That law stayed on the books until seven to eighteen seventy six, y'all. Until it was repealed. They repealed that law in eighteen seventy six with forty three million acres undistributed, virtually all of the land undistributed 
went back to the federal government. And in time, uh, the big corporations came and scooped up that land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah made money off of it. Uh, that's the beginning of uh, economic inequality problems here that we have in the country today. That's the very beginning of it. That's the main uh, juggernaut that... Uh, uh, that's the main uh, driving force, if you will, that have us in this quandary today. And that was all uh, uh, the Southern, uh, uh, primarily the South, the uh, politicians from the South uh, rebelling against uh, giving that land to the ex-slaves uh, in, con- in cahoots with uh, some of the uh, industrialists uh, up north, by the way. It wasn't just uh, all all of uh, the South doing. Uh, the repeal of that law wasn't all about, just all about the South uh, wanting to keep those black uh, ex-slaves in place, wanting to keep the uh, uh, uh the wage, uh, the la- uh, uh, the labor price down. They had a partner. Yeah, the South had a partner in wanting to keep uh, black labor costs as close to slave labor as uh, possible. The Northern Industrial, <laughs> because the North was still dependent on the South for a lot of their raw material. Yeah, textiles, uh, you name it. They were still dependent on the South for a lot of their raw materials to turn into uh, uh, products. Uh, So they had a vested interest in keeping labor costs down. So they uh, fell right into place after 10 years after that Civil War. They were tired of uh, looking, tired of even hearing about uh, the black problem. (laughs) As they call it, the black problem, <laughs> they was uh, they didn't want to hear no more about it. Right? You know, six hundred thousand people had died, including hundred thousand black people in that war. They wanted to wash their hands of it. And the best way to do that is uh, send us out of the south and uh, cleanse the uh, the government of all uh, the black representation. Uh, <laughs> Even though the South was still almost 50% black, <laughs> the state of Georgia uh, did away with all the black representatives. <laughs> hey, the blacks in this state didn't have any representation. By 1776, there wasn't a black legislator nowhere in Georgia, 10 years after the Civil War. During Reconstruction, they had up to 27. Down in the county house, down in the county, uh, Georgia State Legislature, I elected over 27 representatives. The first three years after the Civil War, <coughs> they got rid of all of them. They got rid of all of them, y'all. Threw them out <laughs> over uh, their uh, uh, constituents' uh, desire. Duly elected official was thrown out of the government over the uh, objection of the citizens, John, who had elected them. Yeah, start up a, a big problem there, yeah. 
that was the start of a big, big problem that still exists today. 27 legislatures who uh, represented some 500,000 Americans of African descent here in Georgia was thrown out of state government after the Civil War. Yeah. This is after we had the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment in place in the Constitution. They turned around and threw the people's representatives out. So right away, we start out here on a situation where we've got pretty much, pretty much like uh, the American Revolution. We've got a situation where we've got taxation without representation here in Georgia. We're put in a position of having Americans African descent here in Georgia from 1868 when they threw those duly elected, legally elected representatives out of government. We pretty much had no representation. Taxation without <coughs> representation. That's what the Boston Tea Party was about. If there's ever was a people who justifiably need a tea party, it would be uh, America's African descent here in this country. Because for a hundred years, with the separate equal laws, with the uh, suppression of 14th Amendment protections, we, as a people, literally uh, was living under uh, taxation without representation. Yeah, here in the South, they, uh, we didn't have no representatives here in the South to represent uh, to. Uh, 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 to uh, represent us in government. It's a big, big problem. It's a big, big problem. You can't uh, uh, tell me that I'm equal in the society, but don't allow my representatives, uh, legally elected representatives, to uh, to hold a seat, <laughs> to be a part of the laws that govern me, to have a say-so in the laws that, uh, that I am to live under. To have a say so in formulating the laws that uh, uh, I uh, uh, live under. Taxation without representation. That's what we lived under here in Georgia, here in the country, for some hundred years after the Civil War. That's a fact. That's just a fact, you know. Here today. People are wondering, what are we mad about? What are you folks mad about? You got a black president. <laughs> what are we mad about? We got a black president that's catching holy hell <laughs> because of because he's a black president. No president with the accomplishments of this guy would be treated nowhere near uh, the way this guy is treated here in his own country. This guy is, uh, is more popular overseas than he uh, is here in the country. He's more popular. He's got a higher approval rating overseas than he have here in the country. Now, that's just crazy. 
that it, and that's all due to racism, yeah, because this that racism causes uh, numbers to swing some ten points, yeah, yeah. Up his numbers are uh, skewed by ten points because of racism, yeah, and do the numbers. Do the numbers, y'all. <laughs> they care more about uh, Putin, <laughs> this uh, uh, white Russian uh, dictator, than they do this black American president. They care more about this dictator over in Russia than they do about this black president, y'all. That's just a fact. <sighs> How much more would they care about him? <laughs> hey, uh, I'm just saying. How much more would they care about him? Wow. Hey, y'all. Uh, it's about uh, 8 o'clock, straight up and down here, y'all. Well, we got a couple of minutes till, but we're going to take another quick pause for the calls here, y'all. Y'all hang in there. You got me the high school. We'll be right back. Well, we thought we had a break, but it uh, don't look like... Uh, <laughs> Looks like we got a break yet, but we trying to get the one up. We uh been promising ourselves we're gonna upgrade this thing here. And we are we are gonna do that. <laughs> but uh we don't know. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, seven PM to ten PM. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to the High School Black Forum. <clears throat> it's Saturday, January 10th. Yeah. This year is really, <laughs> what is it? Well, this King birthday is uh, not this coming Monday, but Monday after next. So we got a holiday in there. Start of school this coming Monday, y'all. I, I was telling you the high school is getting back in school here. We, <laughs> you know, just to, uh, we want to keep our, brains fresh, you know, the world is changing so fast, and, uh, and you can't get enough information. You can never get enough information now. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> so I don't, it was e- easy for me to get back into school, although I, uh, I'm i writing my third book, and I wanted to polish my uh, literary skills up so- somewhat, so I'll be taking a lot of political uh well, I guess it's uh, social science courses and the like, because my, my uh, field of interest is uh, black history, uh, the African diaspora, if you will. I like to, uh, to look at that, you know, if, and that's what I write about. But I'm getting ready to start my third book, and I I wanted to uh, uh, sharpen up my uh, writing skills some, and uh, so I'm starting school Monday. One of the classes, one of the interesting things, I'm taking uh, African culture. One of the courses that I'm taking, uh, and just what happened, I, I picked up the books for that course here uh, Friday. Your first chapter, believe it or not, is one of my favorite uh, favorite books that I picked up some years ago. Uh, dealing with uh, a gentleman by the name of Olada Equiano. Olada Equiano. Believe it or not, Olada Equiano was the first slave to write his autobiography in English. The first slave that, you know, surely there there could have been more, but this guy published it in England around 1752. 1752. Imagine that. This is before the American Revolution, you know, 1752. This guy was a slave. Uh, born a slave, kidnapped from his village when he was around 11 years old. The fascinating thing about his story, uh, in my mind, he is, is a personal account of that silent passage, of that silent passage that, uh, Atlantic crossing in the slave ships. His is a personal view of it. His narrative. The interesting narrative of the life of Olada Equiano, published in seven like said, seventeen uh fifty six. This is so fascinating to me, but it, it comes up in this uh, class. They have an excerpt 
Yeah, we're excerpt out of the book. I mean, the whole book is fascinating. I urge everybody to get it. It's one of the earliest books written by uh, an ex-slave. Uh, it's, yeah, it's only a couple of other pages here. Let's see if I can uh, get a better date on it for you. I want to tell, share a little of it with you, but this guy uh, chronicles his crossing. Uh, in the slave ship in the horrific uh, conditions uh, that the slaves were uh, subjected to being chained at the bottom of the sea of the ship, slave ship this guy the details of what he described uh, is nothing short of, uh, I would say, chilling is an understatement. I mean, it'll have you uh, breaking out in goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, yeah, words. It's hard. The English language, the language that he wrote his book in is English. He learned me. Your sky turned out to be a pretty sharp dude. Uh, uh, turned out to be a sharp, sharp person. Let's see. He got sold to a couple of slave uh, enslavers that one of them was a captain of a ship who sent him to school in England. He got educated. Uh, his description of that middle passage, as they call it, is nothing short of <laughs> chilling. I, I'm still, you know, the English language with, uh, I don't know, but 50, 60,000 words in the English language. It is hard, uh, in English, it is hard to uh, come up with words to satisfy inhumanity uh inhumanity uh, of that uh of that undertaking of that uh that uh that west african slave trade it, it is it is truly it is truly hard to come up with the proper words to fit to do justice to just how inhumane how that thing was, y'all. <laughs> I mean, words, it's hard to come up with words to uh, adequately describe the inhumanity that uh, that man, uh, that man, uh, inflicted on uh, his fellow man. I don't know, and there may be some other period in the history of the world where uh, where this uh, where this uh, inhumanity was duplicated. Surely, uh, I, I can't. Uh, I can't uh, 
I can't quite uh, find it in history. I can't, I can't, I can't find it in history. Either. This thing went over 300 years ago. This West African slave trade. This wasn't just about. Uh, you're talking about 10 minutes. Six million people died in Nazi Germany. This thing here went over 300 years ago. I don't tell how many million people died. Others estimated that half of the people that uh, left Africa died in transit. And if you uh, look at it, uh, there's been estimates of as many as 60 million people came out, was drug out of Africa. So you're talking about if half of them died before they reached their destination, it's about 30 million people died. <laughs> now, my audience, my Facebook friends, go out and look for that book. Go Google that book and get it. Pick it up for your own edification. The interesting narrative of the life of Olada Equiano. That's Olaudah Equiano E Q U I A N O. Yo go Google that book and find that book. It's one of the first published One of the first published uh, narratives by an ex-slave who was kidnapped in his homeland and sold into slavery here in the Americas. He lived between 1745 and 1797. I think the publishing of his book occurred sometime around, I want to say, uh, the early 1700s before I'm thinking it sometime around the Revolutionary War maybe slightly after that it's just a fascinating account just that, just that part, just that middle passage that whole book is interesting this whole story uh, this whole life uh, travels is interesting but the most captivating thing about that narrative is his description of uh, that middle passage crossing that uh, Atlantic Ocean uh, on that slave ship. <laughs> on that slave ship crossing that ocean, you know, he'd give a first-hand account of it. And it's one of the only ones that I've ever read. A lot of folks has written about the middle passage. This guy uh, was uh, had a first-hand account. And his description puts you right there. You can feel uh, his anguish. You can feel, you can feel his anguish huh? when you read it. You can feel, you can sense uh, the inhumanity. You can sense the inhumanity that uh, uh, that occurred there. Uh, that that that's and it was just by coincidence that uh, uh, 
just in the first chapter of uh, this black culture uh, class that I uh, will be starting Monday. I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I want to dig more into uh, the, the history of uh, uh, the Africans that uh, was taken out of uh, West Africa back then. That's one of my reasons for going back to school. I'll try to uh, horn in on uh, those people's lives and uh, starting with all uh, the starting with all of the Equiano. That's a great place to start. That's a great place for me to start my research into uh, my family's history, going back from uh, Georgia here across the Atlantic to Nigeria. Just so happened this guy's from Nigeria also. I believe he was uh, of the Igbo tribe. My folks are of the Yoruba, my DNA. But yeah, close. I believe he was of the Igbo folks. I've got to reread the book. I, I read the uh, excerpt out of, uh, I think that's the first chapter of the book, dealing with his capture uh, in uh, in Nigeria. I, I'm just blown away by this guy's story. Uh, I'm just blown away. Oh, no, not me. We, 
ikke? Og så er det der med om Somebody's trying to uh, bring some uh, ethics charges up on this uh, DA out there in Ferguson, Missouri. I see NAACP is one of them. Uh, this guy violated a number of uh, ethical uh, uh, laws uh, in his position as an attorney and prosecutor. This guy put that scene. He put witnesses on the, the stand, or witnesses before the grand jury that he knew uh, was lying uh, against uh, all ethics of uh, that legal profession. He used uh, also knowingly a statute that uh, had been declared uh, which had been repealed in the state of Missouri uh, without uh, without uh, telling the grand jury that uh, it was the wrong statute that uh, they should be dealing with. This guy did a number of things. I blame the Democratic government for allowing that guy to remain on that case, who had a white officer who had shot an unarmed black teenager. This prosecutor, this prosecutor's father was killed by a black man. I don't know the circumstances, but he was killed by a black man back in the 60s. This white prosecutor's father was killed by a black man back in the 60s. His father was some kind of law, law officer. Now he would go here where this guy, this white prosecutor, is uh, asked, is in a position to uh, prosecute a white policeman for killing a black guy, a black kid. You know, it's not a, it's not a man, it's a kid, an 18-year-old kid. 17 year old, I believe. I don't even know how you think the guy was 18. Here's a guy whose father had been killed for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know the circumstances. I'd like to further look into him. But he somehow is supposed to go into this thing with, <laughs> with no bias uh, whatsoever. If you can believe that this guy could undertake such a task with no bias. <laughs> uh, I got some, uh, if you can believe that, I've got some, uh, I've got some land to sell you uh, down in the old Oak I've got a great plot of land to sell you in the Oak Fanoki there. <laughs> So I blame the uh, governor. The governor had the authority to take that guy off that case, to take that prosecutor off that case, and he didn't do it. 
And the result was pretty predictable. In my mind, the result was pretty uh, pretty uh, predictable. Uh, this guy went in defending defending the uh, policeman who he was charged with uh, prosecuting. Can you imagine listen now? This guy went in defending <laughs> or wound up defending the policeman that he was charged with uh, prosecuting. You wonder why people are angry, marching in the street because of the criminal justice system is so uh, unjust today. So unjust today. It's due Essence magazine. They got a special edition out. I started to mention it. Entitled Black Lives Matter. With input by such people as Angela Davis, Susan L. Taylor, Isabel Wilkerson, Melissa Harris Perry, Patrice Collins, Goldie Taylor, Common, Sonny Hostin, Farrah Jasmine Griffin, Nate Parker, Al Sharpton, John Lizen, Michelle Alexander. This is a great, great. If y'all haven't got your uh, copy of. Uh, the February edition of Essence Magazine. Pick it up. Pick it up, y'all. It's got some great, great uh, insight in there on what's going on here in the country and what, uh, what we must do now, it says, as a community. I've got my I've got my uh, two cents that I'm going to be adding to the conversation, y'all. And I, every week, get out here on the Hushmo Black Forum and do just that. We can't, we can't just uh, sit back and play defense. I say we cannot just sit back and play defense while uh, we're being uh, decimated by the state, by the state, y'all. Police was on the state. We can't have the state uh, killing our uh, our our uh, our people. We can't do it. We got to uh, play some offense here, y'all. And I, for one, is for uh, petitioning the Justice Department first of all for reparations that are owed to America's African descent. Those born prior to 1954 was directly injured by. Uh, separate equal laws that took away uh, my 14th Amendment uh, protection here in Georgia. Millions of Americans back in since were injured by the separate equal laws right here in this country. We uh, have a right to petition that court, and I suggest I advocate advocate that we do just that. 
Get a petition. Get a petition. A hundred thousand names them and send it to the Justice Department demanding that they look into petitioning that court for financial reparations. We don't have to retry, uh, litigate, relitigate anything. That has already been done. Thurgood Marshall and that legal team of, of Charles Hamilton Houston and Oliver Hill, they did that thing for 20-some years straight, uh, fighting for the overthrow of Plessy. Uh, that law that codified all those uh, separate equal laws in the South, that Plessy versus Ferguson thing of 1896. They fought from 1933 all the way to 1954 for the overthrow of Plessy. And that's exactly what happened in 1954. That Brown versus Board of Education now wasn't just about school integration. I think it was about much worse more. It was about setting aside the separate equal laws that injured millions of Americans. Financially, economically, in uh, every way you can think of throughout the society. Yeah. When Brown set aside, and that's precisely what it did, it set aside all of, of Plessy. It set aside all of the laws that had been codified by Plessy. That's what it did. Wasn't just about some integrating some school. Sure, that was part of it, small part of it. It's about much more. It's about much more. Thurgood Marshall and his legal team had every right. To petition that court on behalf of millions of Americans or African descendants for financial reparations at that time, including myself, little old me. <laughs> little old me, born right here in Georgia in 1945, without those uh, protections that were uh, due me and every other uh, American. Equal has no difference. Uh, there's no difference in uh, uh, my rights under the law. I've got every right in the world uh, to be protected under the law. I always like this quote. Frederick Douglass, he says, in a composite nation like ours, made up of almost every variety of human, of the human family, there should be, as before the law, no rich, no poor, no high, no low, no black, no white, but one country. One citizenship, equal rights, and a common destiny for all. That's what it should be. He goes on to say, 
A government that cannot or does not protect the humblest citizen in his right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness should be reformed or overthrown without delay. Now, this is this is Frederick Douglass in 1883 making that statement in Washington, D.C., because Frederick Douglass, born a slave, had fought all his life for the equality of his people. Fought all his life. A big abolitionist had ran away as a slave and participated in it abolitionist movement leading up to the Civil War had been advisors to Lincoln and the whole nine yards, but yet and still in 1883, some almost 20 years after that Civil War, he found himself still subjected to second-class citizenship because of the Central Equal Laws, because of uh, racism, not because of racism. And he was still having to rebel against what he had fought so hard for, the emancipation of his people, uh, the enactment of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. That was his whole life. That was this guy's whole entire life. That was his whole life's work. The enactment of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments into this Constitution that consummated this guy's entire life work that he had been embarked on at that time from over 30 years, over half his life. By 1883, this guy, his whole life had been consumed with freeing his people. And yet still here, he found himself uh, relegated to uh, the second-class citizenship because of people of this country refuse to see him as an equal citizen because of his race. Refuse to see him as an equal because of his race. Now, after 300 years of slavery, after Thomas Alma so died in that civil war, after fighting in every freaking war the country has ever had, up until then, up until now, still, still, today, 2014, we are still wrestling with the vestiges of racism. In 2014, still today, the vestiges of that uh, good old Heron Buck 
uh, democracy <laughs> is vestiges uh, of it is still alive and well. Yeah, that's just a fact. It's just a fact, yeah. We have to remain vigilant uh, ever so so much more today because the world is so much uh, dangerous today uh, than ever before. The world is so much dangerous than ever before. There are forces that play in the world as a whole that uh, can easily get out of control. Can easily get out of control and do uh, untold harm uh, if we're not vigilant uh, in every aspect of uh, our society and the global society. Uh, But here in the United States where you know, this is my home. This is my first concern here in America. It's my first concern. We, as a people, as a society, have to rid the society of all this craziness that uh, uh, that is confronting us today. Uh, we we have got to uh, come to grips with it. Uh, we have got to come to this with it as a society. I mean, it's never uh, uh, more of a uh, need for uh, the society to uh, rid itself of uh, uh, racism and xenophobia and all that craziness uh, if we were to, uh, to keep our society safe. And we're to keep uh, our society safe from uh, the evil, uh, evils that uh, that can overtake us. <laughs> There's a lot of evil going around now in the world, here in this country, here in this country. That domestic terrorism thing is just as evil as uh, that uh, that war on terrorism that uh, people like to talk about. Uh, well, the domestic terrorism here in this country is every bit as evil as uh, as uh, global terrorism. Yeah, terrorism is terrorism. Yeah. Come on, terrorism is terrorism. There's no uh, distinguishing uh, one from the and the other. You don't like to talk about it. I think somehow the KKK and they sheets and that, uh, uh, <laughs> they want to uh, uh, push them in a the closet and pretend that uh, they're not uh, a group of terrorists, the white supremacists. They want to push them over there and say, oh, no, they're not terrorists. they just, uh, 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 that's just their real life. <clears throat> Come on. Got to call a spade a spade, you know? You gotta call it like it is if you wanna have this discussion about race now. If you wanna have a discussion about race, uh we gotta um we've got to uh discuss 
all aspects of race and race relations in the country. We can't just uh, talk about uh, parts of it that does comfortable to us or you. Uh, we got to break it down, <laughs> talk about it all. We've got to talk about it all, y'all. They seem to don't mind talking about it over on Fox or wherever. What they feel is uh, they want to talk about. I mean, they talk about the president. <laughs> they call the president everything but a child of God. They 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 call that president everything but a child of God. Yeah. They are more in love with dictators in Russia than the uh, than they are of uh, the president of the United States. Yeah. They are more in line with Vladimir Putin, <laughs> this dictator, than they are of uh, Barack Obama. The American duly elected president, elected twice by a democratic uh, society, by a democratic society. And the dictator who's been running Russia for 20 years, (laughs) they uh, see him as uh, this great leader who has ran his country into bankruptcy, who... uh, uh, decides to just uh, swap, uh, swoop up his neighbor's territory. They are more fascinated and uh, uh, care more about his leadership and how decisive uh, a leader he is. <laughs> this stuff is, uh, has a lot to do with racism. That's what it has a lot to do with. Hopefully, uh, the country will wake up. Hopefully the country will wake up and uh, try to uh, come to grips with uh, come to grips with uh, some morality. We uh Australian Open, y'all, it's coming up. Hey, we uh now in terms of football, we <laughs> Carolina's on. I, I I'm picking Carolina to beat Seattle. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know how they're gonna do it, yeah. But I'm picking uh I'm picking Carolina to beat Seattle out in Seattle tonight. I don't know how they're gonna do that. It's gonna be a tall order. But we we uh, just got a hunch. I got to go with them because they're in our, our division, by the way. Same division that the Falcons are in. So the Falcons are at home. Not what it should be. So uh, we're going with uh, the Panthers. Trying to root them on. Their uh, Seahawks is tough to beat up there in Seattle, though, yeah. It's going to be a monumental test. Whew. It's 
still be rough. I think I think the Panthers can do it because really they was getting healthy at the end of the year. They was starting to run. Cam Newton is kind of beat up though. And if anybody that if any if there's anybody who can uh, who can uh, expose uh, a quarterback's uh, injuries. This is the LLC. I got a rough defense, y'all. <laughs> if you got any kind of bumps and aches, the quarterback, uh, I'm here to tell you. Seattle will uh, expose it. They'll expose it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh. So we 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 give we're giving the the Carolina Panthers a uh, an outside chance to win this thing. Uh, we're giving them out a chance to win this thing. So we got to do that again. We uh, in getting uh, ready for school, y'all. We uh, we bought us a new uh, calculator. Yeah, we're taking uh, intermediate uh, algebra, <laughs> elementary, and <laughs> Elementary and uh, intermediate algebra, y'all. We got to take this refresher course before we can uh, jump into college algebra here, because we we did have this stuff in fifty years. So we went out and bought this calculator, this graphing calculator here. I see right now it's going to take the Hushmo about three days to figure out how to use this thing. <laughs> this thing is oh, that's a computer. I mean, I'm pretty good with computers now. So oh yeah, I'm pretty good with computers. So we going to figure it out, but it's going to be a little uh, challenge there. Uh, hopefully, it's, be of, uh, it's going to be of some benefit to us when we jump into this uh, algebra class. But uh, we're looking at this thing here. This thing is really, we're going to sit down and uh, sit down and see what, what the deal is here, y'all. <laughs> and what is this? A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R T U V X Y and C. Okay, so it's got a regular. It's got like a regular. It's 
got like a regular keyboard on it. Okay. J. Uh, yeah. Whoa, what happened? So we thought we had. We thought we had the. Uh, you can't just hold that thing down. <laughs> hey, y'all. The husband and I got sidetracked here. We, <laughs> hey, husband, come back. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> hey, that thing, shoot, you get sidetracked, mess around with that darn calculator, you'd be, <laughs> uh, you blow some time, y'all. Yeah. We, uh, We're boning up, you know, boning up our skills for this uh, first day of school is Monday. We're gonna see how we uh how we do. See if we up to the challenge, see if we can hang with these young folks out there when we know it's like in class. Probably old enough to be the teacher's father. <laughs> so my uh the biggest worry or concern of my family is to uh if uh, I can keep my mouth shut <laughs> and not uh, be trying to uh, teach the teacher, well, <laughs> I ain't got to worry about trying to teach the teacher the uh, algebra thing. <laughs> that, that is not going to be my problem, I assure you. But uh, we uh, we are looking forward to it. So we're gonna put in we're gonna put in a couple of days here. Well, hell, we ain't got one more day, y'all. <laughs> That's manana. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be boning up a little bit, trying to uh, trying to uh, tighten up our uh, 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 study habits here. We got to get in the habit of studying. Uh, yeah, we've been retired. We've been retired for some seven years now. We retired back in 2007, so we've been retired going on eight years in April. And my schedule has been pretty, you know, all over the place when you retire. I don't have a a real set schedule, although here lately I've been into some things that has kind of uh, got me back into a uh, more of a pattern, uh, more of a uh, structured uh, schedule on a daily basis here. So uh, hopefully that'll carry on into my uh, school, school work and <laughs> endeavors. Uh, I'll be able to uh, set aside dedicate time to uh, school, homework, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm going to really uh, have to allocate time for it. And, you know, my whole day is, you know, consists of uh, doing research on the computer, uh, playing with Facebook or whatever, uh, looking at the news <laughs> on TV, but all I do, I don't 
I don't watch TV. I'm not a TV person. Really. If it ain't uh, MSNBC, CNN, or I look at Fox from time to time, just when they do. But I'm, you know, I'm not a TV but I look at sports on TV. But then I don't really cut back on that. I don't watch year of the sports I used to watch. Watch everything. But uh, I try to play golf a couple times a week. But over the winter months, you know that. That uh, the weather can uh, can uh, can impede that. So, look like for the next couple of months, I'm going to have a lot of time to devote to uh, my school effort. So, I should uh, I should uh, you know be able to uh, put the proper amount of time in that's going to be required to uh, achieve a. Uh, a positive results here from uh, from uh, from school. I'm looking forward to trying to uh, to uh, be successful. Uh, I'm going to compete now. <laughs> I'm going to compete uh, with the young folks. Uh, it's just my nature. Uh, I want to, you know, anything I get into, I'm, I'm going to try. Do my very very best uh, at it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shortchange myself. That's for sure. I'm not not at my age. I can't afford to. I cannot afford to shortchange myself. I've got to uh, give it a hundred percent, hundred percent effort, and spread everything. I, everything I do, I have to uh, give a hundred percent at it. Uh, it's just my nature here, especially at my age. It's, Four quarter of life that I'm in now. Uh, I gotta maximize uh, my time. Gotta maximize it. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, shortchange myself. Gotta maximize, as someone was saying, my potential. I want to get everything out of uh, my potential. Or, Maximize it, whatever that is. <laughs> hey, Hushman, whatever whatever potential I have, I want to maximize it. And uh, uh, I don't know, y'all. This thing here, the Hushmo is going to upgrade his computer. I'm going to be upgrading this thing because I am really ticked off with. Uh, some of the shenanigans that's going on with this thing. I don't know if it's a computer or what. I don't know if it's a computer or what, y'all, but we, this thing has been acting so crazy here lately that uh, we don't know. We don't know what to think. Now we're going to go over here. Shut this down. Get to there. Because we uh, are going to be upgrading. We're running, we're running an old operating system. We're running Vista Professional. The best of Vista. But we're going to be upgrading to eight, one of those eight. 8.1 here in our next system to see if that uh, 
interfaces with the internet in a much I think it will interface with the internet in a much better way than what we've got here with Vista. So we're gonna be over the next month or so. When we budget it in. Yeah, we gotta budget stuff for the much more black form, yeah. <laughs> we we gotta we gotta budget this thing out to uh to uh take care of that uh, upgrade. It looked like we uh, we researched the equipment we want right now. We 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 uh, slowly but surely uh, going to be buying a piece by piece. Then we ain't going to do this thing all at once, y'all. <laughs> oh no, we're going to do this one step at a time. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. We're going we're going to buy a piece of a, a piece of month. <laughs> so hey y'all. It's getting about that time. We we uh, really enjoyed your uh, company this evening. We look forward to uh, uh, coming back next week. We out here every Saturday on Blog Talk. Uh, go to my website, hushmoblack.com. You can follow us there. From there, you can get to our web page, uh, Facebook page. and Yeah, and just uh, tell a friend about us. Tell a friend about us. Uh, Tell them to tune in to the Hushmo Black Forum. We need all of uh, the uh, input we can get. I mean, as a community, we have got to come together and uh, move this thing forward. Uh, we have got to come together as a community, whatever your uh, take on, uh, on uh, what we must do now as the magazine has said, uh, we need everybody's input. That's one thing we must do. We have to get everybody's input, not 10% of the community, 100%. Everybody's got to pick up that cross and uh, uh, carry their share of the load. Hey, y'all, that's just about going to do it for me, you see. <laughs> We're going to come back and... Uh, we're going to come back with you next week, January the 17th, 7 o'clock, right here on Blog Talk, y'all. Y'all be good and be careful out there. Till then, ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.